You're listening to the Illustration Hour podcast, an interview podcast where I talk to illustrators, art directors, and agents about the craft and business of illustration. My name is Julia Dufosse, and I'm an editorial and commercial illustrator based in Chicago. And I'm chatting with creatives within the world of illustration to learn about their process, the challenges they faced along the way, and how to succeed as an illustrator today. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. This is the Illustration Hour, the podcast about people who create for a living. I'm your host, Julia Dufousse, an illustrator, and I'm super excited and honored you've decided to join me this week. I'm recording this intro on a very cold, gray Sunday in Chicago, but I'm happy and warmed by the thought of releasing yet another episode of the Illustration Hour This is number 25, which is really crazy for me. Today's episode is my interview of the illustrator and animator Robin Davey. But before I introduce my guest, I want to read off a few exciting announcements. Number one, there's a big art book fair happening in Chicago, November 15th. That's a Friday to Sunday the 17th. I'm planning on being at the fair on Friday and Saturday. So if you're going, please shoot me a DM or email me and let's meet up. I'll post all the info for the fair in the show notes for today's episode. If you're in Chicago, you really should go. It's an awesome place. I think Clay Hickson will be there and so so will a lot of other uh, talented creatives. Number two, if you like the show and want me to keep doing what I'm doing, please consider supporting me by subscribing to the Art Club newsletter. It features illustration and design news, cool stuff from around the web, and resources and tools for creatives. It's a weekly email that's short and just another way to get more from the show and get exclusive access to events and announcements about the Illustration Hour. To find out more, head over to illustrationhour.com forward slash newsletter. Number three, I will be taking a scheduled break from the podcast during the month of December. So there will be no new episodes during that month, but I will be back in January. The newsletter will still be going during that time, and I'll also be uh, trying to update the website with blog articles and resources. That's enough of uh, housekeeping and announcements, etc. Let's get to the show. And today I have an awesome guest, the wonderful animator and illustrator Robin Davey. You can find Robin on Instagram at Robin underscore Davey and on his website, robindavey.co.uk. Robin is well known for his cute, bouncy characters, simple, bold shapes, and cheerful color palettes. His animations are full of joy and so expressive. I think Robin is a master at animating facial expressions and body movements in a way that doesn't feel too stiff or too childish, but still manages to make you smile. Robin has a lot of experience animating and working with brands and publications such as Google, Microsoft, the BBC, The Atlantic, Wired, Nickelodeon, and Logitech. 
Robin currently works out of Berlin in Germany, and he is represented by Agent Pekka. So, when Robin accepted to come on the show, I was ecstatic. And I asked him a lot of questions about GIFs or GIFs, animating in big studios, working with big clients and brands, the rise of editorial animation, and much more. We talk about some real-life problems for a lot of freelance creatives, like dealing with self-doubt and resisting the urge to build all of your identity and self-worth around your work. Uh, We talk about believing in yourself even when times are slow. Robin is very humble and deceptively modest about his accomplishments, so I'm happy to do the bragging for him. But the amount and quality of work he has managed to, but the amount and quality of work he has managed to produce is inspiring. So naturally, I asked Robin about his process, how his style evolved, and how he has developed a thriving freelance career. All the usual questions. So, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Robin Davy. Robin, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm really happy to have you. I, I love your work, and I think it's just um, it's so inspiring to see all your gifts on on uh, Instagram. And I don't know how you feel about people just knowing you for gifts, but. I'm not. I'm not unhappy about that. Okay. <laughs> or <laughs> better, people better say than GIFs, I guess. I, I nobody kind of... says gifs. Come really? on. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I I say gifs and I I feel weird about it. I don't know. Maybe I should say gifs. Well, it's graphical. Yeah. Something or other, right? So it's a graphical hard image. a hard G for me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, like people can look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it stands for. That's funny. Um, yeah. So um, the first question I like to ask is usually, how how do you usually describe yourself when somebody at you know at a dinner party or somewhere <laughs> you know where they're not uh, illustrators or creatives mm-hmm. maybe necessarily when they ask you what you do what do you usually say? Yeah. Well, I've kind of gone through various configurations over the years, I guess, because also like what I'm doing at any given time is could be one thing or the other. But I, I think at the mm-hmm. moment I lead with illustrator and then I I usually say, and I work in animation rather than say I'm an animator. And I guess the reason for that is I moving away or attempting to from like doing so much kind of hands-on animation and trying to be more of a kind of director art director type deal um, and uh, learning to delegate, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I say. And like most people have some grasp of what that means now anyway, or the people I meet. Maybe I live in a very insular <laughs> yeah. kind of creative bubble. That's possible. Well, you live in Berlin, which has a lot of creatives. Um, I mean, For sure. It has a big creative community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, like not... I was in London before and that as far as kind of industry is a lot bigger, but uh, Berlin is definitely kind of a a hideout for quite an international sort of range of um, creative types of of all kinds, illustrators uh, and animators particularly. How how much of your work do you think is just purely illustration as opposed to um, uh, illustrations that you animate? Yeah. um, God, I don't know. I have to look at my website now. <laughs> uh, 
So would the, you say it's fairly like 50-50 or I would more? say it's, uh, again, it varies kind of year to year, but I would mm. say at the moment, like the last few projects I've done have tended towards more uh, like animate, animated stuff, like design for animation, um, rather than like, say, like print illustration or editorial. That seems to have dropped off for me uh, lately. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've done a mix kind of over the years. Yeah. So let's let's go back to the beginning and uh sort of like as a kid were you <laughs> always kind of drawing or or Yeah, for sure. Like uh um yeah, I think I I have a really strong memory of a big picture I did when I was still quite small and it was like hundreds of superheroes all having a big fight, but it was like I only knew four superheroes probably. So it was like there was like 10 Spider-Mans 15 supermans and 20 batmans all having a wow, big scrap yeah. <laughs> and i don't think and i've moved on uh, i think it, so that yeah like a picture where you were like yeah. <laughs> it stayed with me so it must have meant uh-huh. something i don't think i've moved on creatively particularly far either. <laughs> so you were reading a lot of comics when you were uh, a child or i guess i think uh, i mean at this stage it was probably more like uh tv shows and cartoons that uh-huh. i was influenced by like Spider-Man and his amazing friends and, uh, um, yeah, stuff like, yeah, kids TV that I absorbed kind of religiously when I was very small. Um, and then, yeah, later I got into reading like Marvel comics, Spider-Man, X-Men, Wolverine, those kind of things. And were you sort of like copying what you were saying, seeing in the, in the comic books and on TV or? Yeah, I reckon. Yes. When I was, I guess, sort of like sort of 12 or early teens i was very much into like jim lee and eric larson these kind of uh rock star comic book artists of the time and i was Mm -hmm. yeah like copying them pretty uh slavishly i would guess uh much to my art teacher's disgust (laughs) (laughs) were your parents quite encouraging like did they kind of tell you Hmm. you could be maybe an illustrator later or not really i don't know like um everything like that like sort of industry related whether in animation or illustration felt very kind of remote to me as a child because um i was um i was born in like rural scotland and then grew up uh in like the southwest of england in like a small coastal town so Mm -hmm. the thought of like that i could ever (laughs) get as far as you know even london or something seemed quite far-fetched like this all that stuff seemed like it was made by other people elsewhere so um but they were my parents were very encouraging in terms of like general creativity and like yeah self-expression and stuff my parents are yeah sort of vaguely arty types my dad's uh, a musician and uh he was uh briefly a ceramicist as well like making ran his own pottery and um yeah, so the I think they were it's quite a creative person, yeah. For sure, yeah. They were happy for me to kind of fiddle on. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have other plans for your career or anything I like that. I don't think yeah. so. I have an older brother who's much more kind of uh, uh I don't know how to describe it. Traditional Ac- or? Yeah, kind of yeah, sort yeah. of academically inclined and uh uh-huh. uh yeah, so I think that took the took the heat off me a bit. <laughs> 
So what happened when you when you finished high school? Did you um, did you have a plan to attend some kind of art school or? Um, yeah, I think uh, um, I was sort of hedging my bets a bit in school whether as as to whether I was going to pursue because I was quite strong academically as well. So I was I was mm -hmm. doing a kind of balance of subjects like maths, chemistry, English literature, and art. Um, and uh, there was some pressure from the school to, you know, maybe apply to more kind of academic courses or, you know, prestigious universities. Yeah. There, there was a, it was a big, like comprehensive school, about two and a half thousand pupils. And they were quite keen for, to get some people into Oxford or Cambridge, I guess. And they saw me as a, yeah. a candidate for that. But I think I decided at, like towards the end of that kind of part of school that I was going to do at least an art foundation course, which is, um, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in the UK, it's very common that you do a year in between school and university. Um, if you're doing an art course or aim to, uh, that gives you a kind of grounding in, uh, kind of basic, uh, kind of topics and skills as far as art and design. Uh, so that's what I did. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, uh, I guess, from the UK describe that. Um, and it, it sounds great. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that exists in the US or, right. or where I'm from in France. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it seems very interesting. And it, it seems like it gets, it gives people the chance to also think about what they want to do. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it kind of consists of uh, like rotations of like a month or so at a time in like uh photography uh graphic design um fine art fashion um and then you kind of specialize at a certain point and that's when you kind of start applying for university um so you get a kind of bird's eye view of of all the creative possibilities all the i think that's the idea that yeah, yeah yeah and to give you a kind of general grounding and make you a rounded individual maybe Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of it did you specialize in illustration or oh no <laughs> no okay that's interesting yeah this is where i went a bit off the rails i think because All right. <clears throat> even as i was i was uh applying for the uh, foundation year they were looking at the work i'd done in school and they were saying oh yeah i think we've got a potential illustrator here i guess because <laughs> i had like relatively strong kind of observational drawing skills yeah. um but i had i guess quite high-minded ideas about changing the world through uh abstract painting that was my uh oh okay that was my thing so i actually cool. I, yeah i i kind of uh got streamed into fine art and uh that's um what i was uh, uh the kind of courses i was applying to at university with disastrous results it turned out <laughs> um yeah so what happened was i uh basically um uh blew all my applications was disastrous in the various interviews that i went for and uh ended up applying through the, they have a kind of clearing system for uh failures let's say it uh <laughs> to kind of fill up uh vacant university places and uh i ended up going to bristol uh the university of the west of england on a course called uh art and visual culture mm. um which was a kind of combined uh, like fine art practice and sort of like quite sort of high theory 
Uh, yeah, um, maybe like more art history or, or yeah, yeah, definitely like philosophy and yeah, kind yeah, of, cultural theory or yeah. yeah, exactly that kind of thing. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so that was um, that's how I ended up in Bristol, um, uh -huh. and then after and, and Bristol seems to have quite a bit of an illustration community. It does, uh, yeah. At least um, now, I don't know then, but yeah, I think it was it was. Yeah, uh, it was it was there already because I wasn't aware of this at the time. But the um, the illustration course at UWE, uh was this, and I think it still is like quite well regarded uh, in terms yes, of yes, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I was on this art and visual culture course, and I got to the point where the the kind of theory element kind of paralyzed me as far as actually making any work. This was like a yeah. year or so into the course, start of the second year. And I, did, I had kind of like a minor existential crisis, I suppose, and mm -hmm. tried to kind of retrace my steps, I, mm -hmm. I guess, as to how I got there. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think I figured out, oh, I used to kind of like drawing. Like that's how I ended up here. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe illustration is where I ought to be. Maybe that would allow me yeah. to actually like pursue something that I enjoy. Like maybe I overcomplicated. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I was a bit of an angsty teen and, uh, yeah, I, um, I just needed to chill out a bit, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And remember like what I actually, you know, enjoy. Um, that's yeah. pretty much how I, Think about my past too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's and a lot of to just relax. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot about kind of course correction. I think like yeah. you need to kind of remember what brought you joy as a child. Often, um, like I do think of my work as quite uh, playful and sort of childlike in a lot of ways. Like um, it is quite playful. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm not, uh, I'm not sort of uh, unhappy about that. Like I think mm -hmm. it's okay to be a sort of uh, Happy idiot, if you can, at times. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you don't sound like an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so after after all of that, did you mm. sort of enroll in illustration courses, or were you able to like kind of? Yeah, do that? I was. Uh, I basically went to talk to the illustration tutor, um, the course leader at UWE at the time, Ian McCulloch, and I said to him. I think I'm in the wrong place, basically. And he was uh, he was happy for me to kind of transfer, but he said, you because uh, it was the middle of the academic year, basically, at this point, he said, you can rejoin in the second year come September. Um, yeah. And in the meantime, go away and kind of just make some stuff and then bring it back to us. Um, uh-huh. So go I actually, yeah. yes, yeah, kind of. Like he gave me like, basically the project titles that they were going to do that year, but not much more of an outline than that. And he said... Oh, so he told you to basically cash up on your own. Yeah, and, yeah. And come back a year later with, with mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Mm. So um, I actually, uh, I left Bristol. I, I moved back to my parents' place at this time and uh, just kind of like, yeah, got stuck into trying to claw together what I thought they might want. I mean, I still had a very vague idea of what illustration really involved i guess at this time um and uh yeah so i was kind of doing my best with it and uh then i presented that back to them and uh, i don't know exactly what they thought of it but i guess they could see i had some like drawing ability and uh yeah they were happy for me to join 
the second year. And uh, yeah, that's what, uh, the degree I ended up completing. Do you remember the sort of projects you had to do that, that year when you were oh. kind of working on your own? Mm. Yeah. Were they kind I of can't. like mock briefs or, or yeah, things like, like that? I, I really yeah. didn't know what they wanted from each of them. He basically told me like, it was like a word that I had to kind of base something on. Um, I see. And I, okay. I forget the I forget even exactly what they were, but I can remember the sort of work I made. So there was like one that was like a sort of loosely autobiographical comic book, basically mm-hmm. about uh, oh, kind of about sinking into despair as a directionless art student. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and then there was another that was, I think the, maybe the, the key word for it was power. So I was interested, I guess, in sort of like, uh, uh, radical politics and revolutionary kind of movements and stuff. So I did some, I made a sort of very ham-fisted tribute to the Black Panther party. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so I, I was kind of flailing a bit, but. You know, it kind of, it got me in the door, I guess. And that was the main yeah. thing. So, and before that you had been doing a lot of, it sounds like a lot of observational, traditional drawings. So I imagine that your style would have been completely different in the beginning. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. I mean, at that yeah. point I really didn't have a style, like per, per project, I was just doing something completely different. Um, and it wasn't till like the third year of of university where it's sort of like gelled into anything kind of recognizable as a style. And, um, even at that point I was definitely like not ready for prime time. (laughs) Like Uh it it had, it had very little kind of commercial, uh, potential. I think the stuff I was doing at the time, like, um, it was sort of mixed media, like drawing, painting, collage, quite messy. Um, Uh and then sort of digital elements sort of, overlaid on top lots of texture uh very sort of like uh and then i guess this is something that's consistent is like very sort of stylized exaggerated sort of figures quite monumental looking characters mm-hmm. with you know stick legs and thick arms and tiny heads and stuff so there's 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 definitely a thread i guess connecting what i do now with what i was doing then i think there's something kind of uh unshakable that everyone has as far as their work like however much you try to change your style and i mean unless you're some people are complete chameleons but i think there's always a certain unus about something you make if that makes sense yeah no i totally think that's true um so did you at the end of your studies what did you sort of have a portfolio kind of uh, <sighs> show or something um, like that yeah there, there was like a degree show yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, they would normally also like take the show to like uh, a London gallery and I guess with the aim of kind of connecting people more with industry because Bristol is as as lovely a city as it is. It is a bit of a, a backwater. Like it's, it's, it's in the <laughs> Southwest. It's not really yeah. on the way to anywhere. It does have like now certainly a kind of thriving creative industry. But yeah. uh, as far as like publishing, I guess, which is where, it, on this quite traditional course they were aiming us there wasn't a yeah. lot happening uh but we were actually told that we uh our year <laughs> wasn't good enough to justify a london exhibition so it didn't wow, happen wow that's nice yeah yeah uh, yeah there was some there were some harsh truths uh imparted by the tutors uh at the time um <laughs> 
I think there were, yeah, like, uh, we, I don't think their intention was really to kind of prepare people for industry in, in a funny sort of way, but, uh, which sounds for commercial work or yeah, which sounds strange for an illustration course, but, uh, they, uh, I mean, they would sometimes like out and out say to someone's face, you're not going to be an illustrator, <laughs> okay. which probably yeah. isn't what, what you want to hear after paying your tuition fees. No. But um, I don't know. I think they, uh, they had some, some very kind of trad ideas as to what illustration involved. And I mean, they were still talking about, oh, well, so if you get a commission, uh, a motorcycle courier will collect your finished artwork and take it for a, uh, being you know photographed and published like they That's, were very yeah old school they quite, hadn't quite old-fashioned yeah ne like none of the staff had really worked as illustrators in a long time if at all uh -huh. <laughs> i'll be honest yeah yeah it's so did you i guess at the end of that you would have been quite um i don't know like you would have been like quite lost as to how yeah. to get started for sure yeah that's true like i left feeling uh, like I, I, it was a positive experience and like, I, mm -hmm. I was quite proud of the work I was making, but as far as like how to get a, get work, I was fairly clueless. Um, so, um, yeah, like I got a couple of leads from the degree show that like didn't really go anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I sold a couple of prints, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, I was actually like in the middle, like the summer following graduation, I was in the middle of uh, brushing up my CV to get some kind of like temp work, like call center job or something. Yeah. And then I got a, a phone call from someone at the at the university um, because uh, they were running like a graduate placement scheme. And this was really like, this is quite a foundational kind of moment for me, I guess, like... Uh, uh, and so they were basically, they were placing graduates with, um, like local firms. Um, and then mostly they would, they were, uh, selecting like graphic design graduates to go mm -hmm. in the house for various companies around in and around Bristol and Bath. Uh, but they, they had a slot they couldn't fill because it required someone with some drawing skill and a bit of animation experience, which is something I'd kind of dabbled in uh in the and second were you year. the only one who's doing i that, seem or? to be yeah yeah like at the <laughs> time funny. um and i like i was like my animation skills were rudimentary at best but i had it was enough that i uh i could kind of qualify for this uh scheme and um yeah so they sent me up to this uh it's actually a tv production company they were called available light uh based wow. in bristol okay. yeah and um so they they're their kind of stock in trade was like nature documentaries or like local interest TV. Mm. Uh, but they had sort of a nascent kind of digital department. I think the, the boss there had, had a sort of inkling that this was going to be, you know, a kind of new front uh, as far as, um, you know, content. And uh, so they had, yeah, they were like making, at the time they had a commission from Channel 4, which is one of the like... Uh, kind of terrestrial tv channels in the uk yeah um and they they're not like they're not like publicly funded by the like the bbc but they have sort of a public service remit and so they they had a sort of strand called for learning which um mm -hmm. 
uh, was like educational programming. And to go alongside that, they'd make like educational websites. Was it for uh, children or no? I guess really. it was uh, sort of like secondary school age, like 12, yeah. 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. So Available Light were making a website for uh, sort of um, English literature. Uh, um, yeah, Key Stage 2. And, um, and it took the form of like, a sort of little virtual world that included sort of games and activities that related to, say, particular texts that they were studying that year, be it, you know, Shakespeare or what have uh -huh. you. And so, yeah. So you I, got to make that stuff. Okay. I did. Yeah. Like they had a team in place, but they, I was basically like the kind of intern for three months and I, I basically learned on the job. Like I'd never made anything really interactive before that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I kind of picked up a lot of those skills as well as kind of getting slowly better at like animation and like working in a purely digital way as well. And, um, yeah, yeah I think I got paid like, I can't remember, it might've been like 120 pounds a week, which I was thrilled with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, that was kind of my first industry experience, um, which is pretty invaluable, but, um. Then following that, there was like quite a long layoff as well, because I still like was fairly clueless as to actually how to kind of find work. <laughs> so what happened after that? Uh, well, after that, I did go and work in a call center for a bit. And oh. um, then eventually yeah. I got another call from Available Light, who, like who basically hired me back uh, like almost a year later to work on another project they were doing. And as uh -huh. a kind of like more of a kind of lead design role. Um, and uh, yeah, so I so guess I you 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 had made quite a quite a good impression. On I them. guess so. Yeah, I think um, yeah, there was a small team, and they were they were very friendly. So uh, I think yeah, I was glad to go back. And um, yeah, so I did that, and then yeah, the next few years was just kind of like jobbing animator, illustrator for them and other like digital agencies in Bristol, which seemed to be like the industry that was there as opposed to like print media or uh, like broadcast animation. Um, uh -huh. Although, yeah, after a few years of that, though, I did end up uh, freelancing a lot for Ardman Animations, who are kind of like the big studio there. They make uh, Wallace and Gromit and Shaun the Sheep and stuff like that. Wow. Uh, chicken Run. <laughs> wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I worked in their kind of digital department, um, making like flash games and websites. And did uh, you get to sort of learn from the animators there too? Or? Uh, not really. Not I actually really, yeah. um, kind of during this time, I did take like three months out and did like a like a kind of um, an animation course that was more purely about the kind of practical skill of animation. Um, yeah, and like literally on paper, you know, like on a on a drawing board, old school style. So yeah, that's when yeah. I actually kind of like, I, like I'd sort of, I was sort of self-taught to that point and I, I had like a, a decent handle on how to make stuff move, but it was nice to kind of, kind of firm up those skills and get more of a kind of, yeah, professional grounding in it. Yeah. So by that point I, I was like a, a decent enough animator. <laughs> uh -huh. And I imagine at the time you were animating in flash, right? Or mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. This was all flash. And um, yeah, again, like I was, as as far as style goes, I wasn't working in anything like the kind of the style that people might know me for now. Like it was, uh, 
it was what whatever the job demanded so it would be yeah, sometimes yeah. like a hand-drawn look sometimes like you know some kind of like polished vector type thing or something you know cutesy or whatever um yeah so yeah like I was uh I was I sort of like I still kind of nurtured this idea that I I would have this personal style that at some yeah, point would yeah. be ready for uh, like commercial uh use but like yeah I was uh I was just kind of doing whatever came along at that point. So did you did you start to become kind of restless in those positions? Because that's usually what happens. Yeah. In that case, that the person is itching to get out and work on their own stuff and sure, yeah, I think their, um, yeah, yeah. Like so, I was kind of in and out of Ardman for a couple of years, freelancing, but like for quite long stretches sometimes. To the point where they did actually offer me a full-time job because I figured, mm -hmm. I think they figured it would be cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was a bit burnt out on uh, Shaun the Sheep and stuff, I guess. And I was sort of like trying to dabble in like personal projects. I'd been told by someone there that if I wanted to get like into kind of commercial production, um, which was sort of my goal at the time, that I should be making short films to kind uh -huh. of uh, get their attention. And it's, it's um, like a, a show reel of some kind, right? Um, yeah, I guess. I think that, yeah, there seems to be this, the received wisdom is that, oh, you make short films, like personal films, get them into festivals, and then, then you're mm. qualified to make adverts, which is, well, seems strange to me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess there's, there must be some reasoning there. Um, yeah. So I was kind of playing around with ideas for short films, but like never really settling long enough on anything to kind of get it off the ground. Um, Except that I, uh, I did like, uh, I designed like a little cast of characters, um, uh, based on sort of like, uh, sort of playground game prototypes. So, so it was like a cop and a robber and a cowboy and an Indian. And I was just uh -huh. going to have them sort of like interact in like sort of silly ways was the idea. But, um, that image was kind of like, uh, was the kind of, um, genesis of my of of the kind of style I've been using since like it was the first time I, I went very sort of uh geometric and like flat and um yeah like I was basically trying to come up with a design style that would be as easy to animate as possible if I was going to try and make a short film single-handed yeah. and um yeah um uh yeah so that was like I don't think I it quite clicked for me at the time but that was looking back was uh yeah like a, a watershed moment as far as um developing a, a personal style yeah so you definitely feel like the the process of animating uh really kind of directed your personal style towards what it is yeah now, right? yeah, yeah it was like um it was basically yeah contrived to be uh um or sort of i mean i was i was working in flash and i, I still do uh yeah but it oh, was basically yeah uh or animate as it is now i was yeah right, i was yeah. basically trying to kind of yeah um contrive a style that was make would make the most of what flash was capable of and um yeah kind of like be easy to uh to kind of produce animation with and um so yeah so you i find that that's quite common for for animators i guess that they often they often do uh their style is kind of dictated by their process but for sure um 
what's I actually don't know what the difference between animating in in Flash versus like I guess After Effects is really. Yeah. Um, um, I know Flash was kind of more uh, predominant earlier on. Yeah, I mean Flash. Yeah, was originally kind of a tool for like lightweight web animation in the mm-hmm. days of dial-up where you couldn't have streaming video, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's so all kind smaller of... smaller or they're just, Yeah, the files yeah. It, it produced were like really small, lightweight, vector-based um, okay. uh, files. Um, so, yeah, I mean, After Effects is like immensely more powerful, <laughs> I would guess. Yeah. And like incredibly also versatile. confusing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's a beast, yeah. Um, I like Flash because, well, partly because it has drawing tools built in that are not identical, but kind of analogous to Illustrator. So it has this kind of like, especially for my style, which is based on very simple geometric forms. It's great for like knocking together squares and circles and triangles and whatnot. Um, And that means you can kind of create assets and animate them as you uh, go yeah in a single package without going back and forth between like say illustrator and after effects or photoshop and after effects and you can right, yeah, yeah you can change and adapt them as you go along um but the process of animating itself like um can you still do things like you know like i don't know much about about animation mm-hmm. but uh I, I don't know in after effects it seems like people are often using you know scripts and they're using like these like plugins and yeah there's there's a bit of that i mean uh flash because it was also uh, intended for like interaction like it did have its own coding language associated Mm. with it which i like i never really got too far into myself but if i was making games i would work with a with a programmer to kind of um uh you know to get stuff to actually like function <laughs> uh uh-huh. but but as far as pure animation there are some useful plugins i guess but i i tend to stick with just the kind of default i mean i might have a bit of kind of stockholm syndrome as far as how it actually works just because i'm so used to it uh-huh. but um uh yeah it's uh it you know it has like a timeline and layers and you can keyframe and you can tween um mm-hmm. or you can use it in a more traditional kind of frame by frame animation way like yeah um and i kind of do a combination of that i suppose okay. where like i set keyframes and then i kind of go in and tweak and tween and uh i mean i don't want to give too much away but uh. no <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely looking at your illustration or at your animation sorry um i thought it was done in an after effect yeah i think but, a lot yeah. of people do yeah i think i'm so good at flash that people assume i'm average after effects <laughs> well i don't know i don't know that i i think when i think of flash i have the stereotype maybe of something that's a little bit I don't know, like not very smooth. And I don't know if that's yeah. just a, kind of like a, just because it's older. So I just think I it's... I think, yeah, because, yeah. It, um, because it was around yeah, in those kind of early days of the web. And it was the tool that sort of democratized content production for a lot of people. So you did get mm-hmm. stuff that was extremely sort of amateurish and low frame rate and, you know, all those kind of like, um, you know, new grounds and sites like that that yeah. people would upload just weird homemade stuff too um but uh yeah i've kind of stuck with it purely for convenience i guess and because i i can work in it quite quickly and uh um it may it it's good at producing the sort of thing i want to make so 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's go back to what we were saying, which was that at, at some point you stumbled upon or right. you started evolving a style that was that was mm-hmm. very uh, easy to, or not very easy, but just easier to animate. Uh, yeah, within. very sort of simplified graphical yeah. language, I guess. Um, and so you didn't really know at the time that this was really, you know, a discovery that would lead to your personal style or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I was, um, yeah, I was just sort of like dabbling, I guess. Uh, but I think around the same time, uh, another kind of foundational thing happened, which was that I switched from Blogspot to Tumblr. And ah, yeah. then this sort of social aspect of like, your work being liked and shared became so I, I was utterly unaware of previously sort of started to pick up so like anything i made i would start to put on tumblr like I, I would maintain it as a sort of portfolio of commercial work but like if i made a nice image like these characters that i liked i would just stick it online and they they sort of started to pick up a few likes like i'm talking a handful like nothing crazy initially yeah um, but it was encouraging enough that I made some more, I started to kind of make little GIFs using the similar style. So I did one of the uh, the Avengers, which I think had just come out of the cinema at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, so they were like, it was, I mean, it became a bit of a cliche, that kind of like uh, minimal superhero type thing for a while it was very sort of prevalent online. But um, I had a mm-hmm. go at that and that went down well. And then I made some, yeah, some more GIFs of Superman and stuff. And, um, and did you did you have an Instagram at the time? Was that a thing? No, really? I, don't, I don't think it. I mean, I was kind of late to the whole Instagram game. To be honest, I'm I'm still playing catch up reluctantly. But um, yeah, I don't think it was really like a platform for creators at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Tumblr was like definitely ascendant at the time. I think I got very lucky that like I kind of got in on the the ground floor of a couple of things actually. The first was like getting sort of uh, lumped in with the whole flat design thing that was sort of happening. Yeah, um, yeah. That I wasn't like, like, particularly aware of or like attempting to kind of so latch it, what, into. What year were were oh, are you talking about? Like more I like guess, two, like early two thousands or? Mm, this would be. I mean, we're up to like twenty twelve. I think at this okay, point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is the year I moved from Bristol to London to kind of get away from. Sean the sheep and um I mean this is important actually the first year I lived in London I had like no commercial contacts to speak of so I had very little work to do <laughs> so I had time to kind of like mess around at home and make my little gifts and put them online um and uh yeah so um uh my first kind of actual print commission of a, a I, you know, this is like almost 10 years as a sort of jobbing animator before this all kind of took off. Um, yeah, so I actually got an illustration job uh, for The Times to do like a a cover for like a student supplement that they were putting together. And the guy had seen these kind of character lineups I was doing. Um, uh, the guy was designing it and he got in touch to say, oh yeah, can you draw us like some kind of archetyp- archetypical students, like a, a hipster, a nerd, uh, mm-hmm. a, a jock, I guess, in, in American parlance, and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make a cover out of that. And yeah, so that was like my first, wow, uh, first print job, 
like proper and also the first use of of my kind of style as it you know was coming together so you uh, think he saw your setting. work on 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 tumblr or yeah yeah he did yeah he just saw mm. a couple of like the gifts and stuff that i'd done and uh for some reason he he uh, decided to get in touch which is great for me uh because then yeah. i made stuff and then i had something else to put on tumblr and then other people saw that and i guess it kind of picked up to the point where um uh the first kind of major kind of uh job or kind of re uh regular illustration job i had was for wired italia so like the italian edition of wired magazine yeah and um yeah yeah i've they seen those yeah they're little um animations right that you made yes they're like 40 frame loops and there well, would i don't be... know why i said little i didn't <laughs> little it but little animations just little things yeah, yeah. um there's some uh some that are in black and white yeah that uh -huh. was like um uh that was yeah the first job they got me to do was um to illustrate different kinds of uh i think they were like app con consumer so there's like mm -hmm. again there's like a slobby nerd there's a sporty girl there's a family there's like a businessman and there's uh uh some travelers right and um so they were very pleased with those, and then they said, "You can do a, you can do like a monthly illustration for us that will be in print in the magazine, and then we'll have an animated version for use in their iPad wow. app." Yeah. So how does that work? Do they pick like a still, or do you produce a still illustration and then an animation as well? The yeah, well, this is kind of the trick to kind of doing editorial animation is that right. if it has to work in print as as well as motion, uh -huh. you, it kind of narrows down what like what's going to function as an idea because right things you might you might kind of come up with for a an editorial illustration won't necessarily produce like a pleasing animated loop right as well. and then which and then vice versa too it would yes be complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah like something something will be easily legible in motion that like if you saw in a still you'd be like oh it's not clear what's happening yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting process. Like, and this was kind of um, when the idea of like editorial gifts was very new. I think, like, and, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. So that's another thing I kind of like. And of course, out it's on. still like something that a lot of uh, publications are really into now. Yeah, um, I think so. I, for me, it's sort of dropped off a bit, and I I don't really? know if it's because uh, maybe budgets didn't kind of expand. Uh, to kind of accommodate the extra work that they involve or if um yeah i don't know maybe i'm just not hot anymore but um, <laughs> no no i don't it's not something it, i get but, asked to do yeah. so often now but uh, i mean I'm at, at the time i was doing them monthly for wired and then for for some other publications as well well i do think it's more crowded now too i mean there's a lot of for people sure. doing animation mm -hmm. and illustration um i think much more than when you started yeah that's definitely true. <laughs> and there's more every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so after that, did you sort of start getting a trickle? You had the wired commission, which was kind of monthly, you said, but, mm -hmm. uh, did you get more and more clients as you sort of got established? Yeah, it kind of really took off. Yeah. So after this first year in London, that was dead quiet, uh, two things kind of happened at about the same time. And, um, yeah, one is that I started to get like these editorial commissions um, for Wired and then also like 
I did some in-flight magazines and some economics magazines, you know, like the the kind of like bread and butter, I guess, of a of a um, editorial illustrator. Uh, but uh, so I was doing that. But at the same time, I uh, was um, contacted by uh, Studio AKA, which is an animation studio in um, London, and uh-huh. they were kind of crewing up for this um, children's show they were making, like a preschool animated series. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to. They'd seen my work, I think, and they wanted to talk to me about coming in as a designer for that. Um, uh, and that was a, a like a dream come true for me because I'd been an admirer of theirs since college, I think, you know. Um, yeah, so, at the, yeah, at about the same time my kind of uh, illustration career took off, uh, I also had a, a full-time studio job. <laughs> and what were you working on at, um, at Studio AKA? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the show was called Hey Dougie, and it was for okay, uh, so that's when you, Children's yeah. BBC. And uh-huh. um, yeah, it was like an animated show. Like I think they're like seven-minute episodes um, in two D, animated in Flash, designed and animated in Flash. And um, yeah, so yeah, I was doing design and layout for uh, for the first. I think it was like the first half of the first season that I worked on, and it's still going. Like they've done multiple seasons now. It's it's super popular. <laughs> it would yeah, be under yeah, threes. it is still going. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. It it's. Um... Do they usually animate in Flash for for children's shows? They're not always. Uh, there's a variety of, uh, kind okay. of different uh, software that are used. So Peppa Pig, I think, is in um, something called TV. No, not TV Paint. Uh, oh, so oh. they have their own proprietary kind of software or something. Yeah, or? there's a few kind of competing ones. Like I don't think you'd see a show made in After Effects because it's it's not really cut out for that kind of pipeline right, production. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but there there is software that does similar type stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so they were working in Flash because again, it was kind of what uh, Grant Grant Orchard, the director, he was sort of very familiar with it, and um, uh, he was keen for it to kind of happen in a medium that he was fluent in. And uh, yeah, luckily, I was one of the very few other competent people who could do it. So, uh, so, yeah. so, I mean, like you had worked in a studio beforehand, mm. but was this very different for you or what's it like- was because projects I'd done previously, like at Ardman, if we were doing a game, it might be me and one or two other people working on it mm-hmm. at once, like very small teams, quite like comparatively low budget. Whereas this was like a full crew of maybe up to 20 people. Like, so there'd be like, six animators two directors me and another designer a storyboard artist someone who was kind of managing assets and stuff production coordinators um yeah so it was kind of it was very much more of a kind of uh production line than i than i'd really done before so like and there was like very strict sort of scheduling and like uh pipeline stuff to kind of get used to yeah and what, what was your role officially there uh designer was my title I think. Uh-huh. so um what would happen would would be basically uh once the kind of storyboards and animatics were approved we would get a file that showed in very loose drawings the action of a particular scene and mm-hmm. we would set up so we'd bring in like the character models and s- scale them uh you know appropriately uh pose them 
drop in backgrounds or create new backgrounds as needed and design any new like props or characters that were involved that didn't already exist in the library. Um, yeah, and then that would get passed to an animator who would then do like the keying and then the final animation. Um, oh, that's so interesting. So you, you would have somebody that's purely just animating. Yes. And yeah. they've already got the whole scene created, basically like all the, yeah, all the sure. assets and they're just making the move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. I like m probably like the very best animators I've met. Most of them aren't working in like a personal style. They're just doing like their kind of hired hands for other people and they're, they're just extremely at making yeah. this move. Yeah. It's yeah. just like such a specialism. Um, yeah. And oh, they move from project to project like that. Yeah. So you didn't really get to do any animating there? Not on that show, no. Yeah. Um, no, which I wasn't too bothered about because animation is, to be honest, pretty laborious. <laughs> yeah, it's a headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially if you're trying to create like anything of length, it's, um, it's a lot. Uh, yeah. So like I can handle a GIF <laughs> or like yeah. a 15-second Instagram video uh -huh. or something. But um, yeah, uh, like an episode of a show is a different story. Um, and plus I was, cause I was like working out of hours on editorial stuff. I was animating, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So this was, um, yeah, like this was like the most intensely productive period of my career to date, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and some other stuff happened like a month or two into that. I was contacted by, uh, agent Pecker who was still my agent and they were interested in taking me on, which I felt like utterly unprepared for because I only felt like I had a handful of images in this style that I was still kind of developing the vocabulary of, but they were happy for me to kind of, uh, be on the books and kind of, uh, see how it panned out. Um, do you know how they, how they found you or again, you I think it was just from stuff being shared online. So I was putting stuff on Tumblr. And like I got featured on the Tumblr radar a few times, which oh, okay. does did amazing things for your profile. Like you'd suddenly get like an influx of several thousand uh -huh. new followers and, uh, you know, 20,000 likes on an image or whatever. And um, then from that, uh, my work started to get posted around design blogs. And um, I think I ended up on the front page of Reddit briefly with some loops that I'd made. So, yeah, I was like suddenly very visible after like a long time as a kind of uh, backroom guy <laughs> yeah i think even uh the verge or something wrote a little article about yeah, you. yeah yeah there was I a mean... guy got, got in touch from the verge uh did a little feature on me i was on um uh a blog called the fox is black which was a right which was quite big at the time, at the time yeah. yeah and then there's various other ones that uh that kind of picked up things i think i was the subject of a BuzzFeed article at one point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's well, like I think when you're making gifts and stuff. Uh, it, it, yeah, your stuff is, I think, sometimes has the potential to be much more shareable than oh, completely. Yeah, illustrations purely. Um, yeah, people love anything that moves, and like, yeah, like yeah. If there's, you know, there's something very satisfying about a nice clean loop as well. So. I mean, um, at the same time, I imagine it's hard to become that person who, I mean, you don't plan for it that, you know, all these different places are sharing your work in that way. No, it not at all. It just doesn't happen right away, probably. Yeah. it. Uh, no, it was funny. Like, it's like once I started working in that style, it sort of took off pretty quick, like in a way that I 
had never anticipated. I'd sort of assumed I'll be at this kind of like jobbing animator for, for, you know, however long, like I'll go from project to project and adapt my style as required. And, uh, yeah, I didn't think I would ever be like a name as far as, you know, illustration goes. So uh -huh. like I was extremely, uh, well, on the one hand thrilled, but on the other hand, like terrified and like thinking, oh God, like, how do I, how do I kind of ride this wave to the best advantage? And like, I was, uh, there was a period of six or so months where I basically didn't turn down a job and I was working full-time at Studio AKA and then every evening and weekend at home and uh, uh, basically burnt myself out quite badly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, and at that point, I, I went to AKA and said, like, this is kind of happening for me in a way that I didn't expect and I, I feel like I, I need to kind of follow it through. And they were very understanding and they said, yeah, of course, like, um, you need to, yeah um follow your dreams and so uh yeah so i left the the, the production of hey dougie at that point uh -huh. and just started freelancing full-time and uh we were you working still very much in the same kind of arena after that like editorial yeah i mean it was a mixture of yeah i was doing and maybe editorial more commercial? yeah yeah it kind of that started to creep in yeah so yeah at first it was like editorial uh illustration and gifts then I made some, uh, designed some like, uh, mm, I guess, idents or show bumpers for Nickelodeon. Yeah. And uh, then there were th like other, excuse me, other animation studios got in touch about doing design for uh, like commercials and stuff. So I worked uh -huh. for, yeah, I, I um, this was when I did the first batch of work for oscar the health insurance company uh-huh um, yeah. and that was through uh hornet uh, studio in new york um and uh yeah I, that was a project that like again sort of like took off in a way that wasn't really yeah. expected <laughs> yeah and uh, did you get most of those clients through your agent or was that not it was really? a bit of a mixture i yeah. think because i was relatively high profile uh online at the time like a lot of people got in touch direct and then, mm. yeah, like my my agent started to kind of pick up work for me as well. So, yeah, I would say it was probably 50-50. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. that's... Lost yeah, my throat. That's, <laughs> yeah. And did you, at that point, did you already kind of start doing Instagram? It sounds like Instagram wasn't a big or a huge factor in the beginning of your career at least no i was kind of unaware of it for a long time i'd always assumed that it was for like sharing you know holiday photos and right yeah pictures of meals and stuff and uh yeah i like i i uh downloaded it eventually and found out that you know there were illustrators on there who had you know followers in the like you know seventy thousand, eighty thousand range and i was like oh man when did this happen because I was quite happy on Tumblr, but like it did start, definitely start to feel like it was kind of tailing off. Like I got yeah. to like 30,000 followers-ish on there. And then, um, yeah, like there was, seemed to be kind of diminishing returns after a certain point. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, yeah, I, I sort of switched to Instagram. But to be honest, I, do, I 
was starting to kind of lose the drive as far as the sort of popularity contest of online stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I could not force myself to kind of contrive posts to yeah, uh, yeah. the satisfaction of the algorithm, I guess. But you did have a lot of, I guess, work that you could post. Um... Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, like the the first, the initial posts were just like kind of catch up on stuff I'd been making in the in the years previous, I guess. And uh, yeah, that, but like I was very selective about what I put up as well. I, I wanted to like do stuff that was kind of would suit the format and whatnot. Um, and, do, uh, do you find that a lot of clients now find you through through Instagram or? I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sort of uh, hard th- to know unless they yeah. tell you, I guess. The thing about Instagram is like, there's the question of like discoverability on a platform where mm-hmm. sharing stuff isn't as readily available as as it used to be on Tumblr or even is on on Twitter. Sometimes I post stuff on Twitter where I have a much smaller audience technically, but like the reaction is the kind of uh, the returns are much greater. And I, I yeah, I think that's, I kind of re- yeah I resent about Instagram that it's a bit of a mystery box like we're all kind of trying to second guess what it actually wants out of us as you know what's well, become posters. more and more that I yeah think, completely yeah even a, a year ago it used to be a little bit different I feel for sure now it's, and I think it's, yeah it's become much more of a grind to try and like increase your follower count and stuff in a way that I don't think it used to be I mean part of that will be just I guess it's maturing as a platform and there's that many more people on it. So this, I guess, you know, yeah, competition and I mean, for now rivals. I think there's a lot of, a lot more, more stuff going on with sponsored content and yeah, stuff you and I'm, pay for to kind of get yeah, promoted. For sure. Yeah. And I'm a bit queasy about all of that, to be honest. Well, you do have <laughs> a quite a high follower account, I guess. For... I'm, I'm doing okay. Like, I got, and I, I don't post very often, which is, there seems to be the thing that they demand of you that you've got something to post like oh you, daily say you post quite often no i don't um okay because yeah and i'm yeah so i'm quite selective about what i share nobody so i'm, can I'm really silent post but... every day if you're producing work it's pretty yeah hard that's to do the that. thing i think <laughs> that's the thing it's it's not a platform designed for creators it's designed for people who you know have glamorous lifestyles and nice clothes and a, who are oh, photogenic who, yeah, who, and who then the, take the, the, like quick little pictures every yeah day. exactly so in which case it's possible to post every day but if you have to like sit down and spend hours making images then it's just not feasible and also the audience for it is like for illustration and even animation is you know a fraction of what it would be for you know your Kardashians or whatnot. So Instagram mm-hmm. don't care about us ultimately. <laughs> well, I do know There's no illustrators incentive. who are just so good at Instagram. Like uh, oh, for sure, yeah. Like there the are Dutch illustrator who... Haydoff comes to mind because he's mm-hmm. just so good at posting. He'll post like little sketches, but it's just he knows how to take pictures for Instagram, yeah. and he's just really good at that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just, it's a definite the skill. energy to do that is hard to be. yeah. Um, also like it is a skill in itself and it's tangential at best to being an illustrator, like Uh to the business of actually making images. It's, um, this demand to kind of cultivate an audience and connect with people like that was never a factor (laughs) when I was starting out. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe it comes easier to like people who are, you know, 
the next generation or whatever, like who grew up, you know, with social media being uh, like ever present. But like, I had to learn this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I do kind of resent the hoops you have to jump through sometimes. Uh -huh. um, I do also wonder how directly a huge following translates into actual, like, well-paid, respectable work. Like, um, well, I do think like some that people are able to find you on Instagram, but maybe um, it's just very hard to get a hold of those people, like creative directors at huge mm. companies or something. Yeah. Um, but I think you do have to have a, quite a large following for those people to kind of see your stuff sometimes, or it's just sure. purely luck. Um, yeah. So and, it's, not, um, it's not something you can predict or, yeah, engineer, I guess, in such a way. No, unless you like really kind of pursue building a following in a in a very sort of mm, i hesitate to say mercenary way but like well i, I just don't <laughs> think that might also not be conducive to producing your best work if you're well no exactly work for for that purpose you for know, sure which is not what heat up does so it's yeah. like no i'm sure he's got it. a good balance going on. yeah and there, there are people like there's people who um who do it very well and like are genuinely like engaging and funny and entertaining on mm -hmm. Instagram and like are good at stories and stuff and uh, don't mind sort of inserting some of their own personality into it. But I'm quite a, a kind of an introverted private yeah. person and I don't want well, to I be too, yeah. an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah. So I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have heard ramblings now uh i guess within the industry that mm -hmm. there are some clients who are looking for illustrators with a certain follower count um like, right yeah which is quite scary but i've also heard that that's not that common uh, yeah for, for people and I like think, agents and, mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't want those jobs anyway if they yeah. if they think part of what they're paying for is your uh kind of obligation to promote their brand yeah. Then, um to your audience then uh, well often they're paying you for the illustration but they're not paying you for that part the exactly part you broadcast to your audience so you're actually yeah. like it, you're working for free i mean yeah. that's what <laughs> that's what instagram is really like we're providing yeah. content for free to a giant corporation yeah um which so yeah best not think about it too hard <laughs> it yeah kind of depressing yeah it is uh, so now you kind of, do you think most of your clients find you then from your website, from your agent, or you just don't really know? Uh, I think, um, yeah, it's a combination of like, uh, having been around a while. So like I have contacts, I guess, at like quite a lot of studios and maybe someone at like various like marketing agencies will have heard of me at some point. Um, and yeah, my agent um, kind of uh, scares up a decent amount of work. Uh -huh. And yeah, I think, yeah, my personal website, I wonder about this because uh, I didn't have one until basically earlier this year. I was just, yeah. I just had a blog and that seemed to yeah. do the job. But I, now I have like an actual like semi-professional looking Squarespace site. Um, uh -huh. but, but I look at the stats for it and like the homepage gets a decent number of hits, but like people do not click through to the project pages yeah, that I spent yeah. hours uh, putting together. Uh -huh. And it's really yeah, weird. I think they it's just like, like to get a glimpse and they're like, yeah, like it. Put on yeah, yeah, I guess like, so. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's funny. It's like That's... it's like less than ten percent, I would say, of uh, of people who hit the homepage actually click through to a project. So yeah, and then and I think <laughs> that's why grids are probably important for yeah for portfolios yeah. because I guess you want as much on the front page as possible. Yeah, people do tend to kind of navigate it in that way, which is strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's strange. I'm glad it's not just me who sees those stats. It's like <laughs> the homepage, it's okay, but then it, no one clicks on anything. So, yeah, yeah, I know. So uh, save your time, kids. <laughs> yeah, just don't just make homepage images. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, do you do you ever find yourself reaching out directly to people like at agencies or? or I not so um, much? Uh, I guess I'm lucky in that I've never really had to do that much kind of proactive self-promotion yeah. um beyond yeah like posting <laughs> yeah i uh i have never done like mail outs to art directors or re even re you know reached out to studios or individuals i was interested in working with particularly um and uh yeah i don't know i mean it might reach a point where um i need to start doing that because i think uh the kind of like online visibility is a a slowly depreciating commodity you know like everyone's if you have a hot streak like i felt like i did to a, you know to, to a greater or lesser extent then uh, uh that fades after a while so like mm. and also there are years in the industry where commissions kind of slow down and uh, you know like um yeah so uh I'm kind of anticipating at some point I will need to be a bit more um, proactive, but uh, so far I'm kind of chugging along okay. Well, I guess in at, at your level, people do that when they have dream clients or something like, do you have like a, a dream job or dream client that you've never gotten to work with that you would like to work with? And <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a, a tricky question to answer. Like, um, uh -huh. I think I'm, I'm becoming more mindful of like the sort of projects that I do take on, like, and the kind of clients that I work for. Like, I might think twice now about working for a, like a um, health insurance company, knowing more about, you know, the state of uh, healthcare in the States that I uh -huh. was kind of ignorant of when I was, when I was tapped to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, but again, that's kind of privileged speaking. Like if I can, if I can afford to turn down something. Um, that hasn't really happened that like, uh, I've, you know, I've never been asked to work for like a, an arms manufacturer or a <laughs> an <laughs> Fox arms News dealer. or something. Yeah. 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 I've got a lot um, of those reaching out and, <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. so I find, I find the idea of like having like a dream brand that you want to work for quite odd. Like, um, it is. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, it's, uh, I, uh, I'm quite sort of, I don't know, ambivalent about, the the kind of uh commercial side of um of being a commercial artist which is silly uh -huh. really because you know uh it's not like you can sell out that is the job but um yeah uh yeah it's like the, uh, you know, where does know. that ambivalence come from do you think i think well part of it is in in animation uh there are basically like kind of three big clients left now. If you work for like a, a commercial studio, you you know, there's going to be a lot of work that you do for Google, Facebook, Apple, 
and you know other kind of brands who like you know have let's be honest a somewhat malign influence on the world in mm-hmm. various ways and a monopoly um, and yeah exactly yeah i mean yeah. yeah if only for that you know but also there's like i mean apple you've got to worry about the, you know the use of precious resources and uh, you know abusive labor practices uh-huh. uh, f- facebook you've got you know fake news and you know radicalizing the elderly and google yeah monopoly privacy concerns yeah what have you um I'm not saying I wouldn't work for any of these people. No, just and, you like, have, and you've worked for Google quite a yeah, lot. Yeah, I've done yeah. stuff for Google, yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a bit dispiriting to see that there are these kind of, uh, you know, it's like, it's almost like the Renaissance period where you had, you know, the grand families who would be these kind of, you know, artistic patron, like, and, and all this amazing creative work, like the super talented people, whole teams of them, uh churning stuff out for uh yeah like giant corporations because they've they got are, the money to pay for it they're avid kind of um yeah they the sheer volume of work and the stuff you see is going to be the tip of the iceberg because there's going to be beyond that especially in animation there's so much like invisible work that uh-huh. goes into pitching or cancelled projects or even just like the design phase of a of a project that ends up you know being cg animated like uh, there's all this kind of invisible labor happening and, um, yeah, it's just kind of a shame that, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, the outlets seem to be narrowing, like, (laughs) and you got to make quite a creative project with, with Google, with, in which you kind of got to make a, a small, like a short movie, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about, uh, rain or shine. Uh Uh-huh. Google Spotlight Stories. And that seems to be quite of a, I don't know, it seems almost like an ideal project because you're working with such a big commercial um, entity with a lot of, you know, like budgets and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. also you get to make something kind of original, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that was like, uh, that's like a one in a million sort of a job, I think. So um, I worked on that at uh, Nexus Productions in London and my friend Felix Massey directed it. He kind of came up with the, uh, initial kind of story idea and uh, they brought me in to kind of pitch uh, with them to Google as to like how it might look so I produced some kind of rough early visuals and um, it's uh, so it's like a it's like a, a short virtual reality cartoon I suppose mm-hmm. that runs in real time on a phone in 3D and you can use the phone almost like a kind of um, viewfinder into the 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 3D world, uh-huh. so you can kind of you follow the the main character Ella, this little girl, uh, as she kind of like um, goes through the story and and the environment and kind of interacts with different groups of characters and That's stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I've turned Siri on on my phone somehow. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> Excuse weird. me. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's. But yeah, that so yeah, that's, really a, cool. that's the, it. Was yeah, it was a great project. It's one of those rare instances where. Um, there was really no sort of great commercial drive behind it other than to mm-hmm. produce like a, a sort content. of enjoyable piece yeah. of content. Yeah. yeah. And um, from Google's end, it was basically to kind of drive the development of this technology. So they were looking for studios that they could partner with to kind of 
uh, try and push it in ways that it, it hadn't been used before. And um, it was great for me because it was also the first project where my very flat 2D designs got um, built in 3D. So they were like, you know, 3D models of my characters and environments. And then they were animated by people who were much more talented than me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and um, it, I, I do see in your portfolio, and I guess more recently you have kind of a, you seem to be developing your style in 3D a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm sort of starting to dip a toe in that water. I hope I'm not kind of jumping on a, a bandwagon because it is a definite kind of trend. I mean, you you talked about uh, Laurie it Rowan. It is a trend, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, I've always been like sort of interested in like approaching 3D-ness in some of my work. So like I did a lot yeah. of sort of fake 3D rotational animations um, of very simple designs in Flash. And mm -hmm. uh, at a certain point, I thought maybe I should just actually bite the bullet and learn how to model something rather than elaborately how, fake so it. Oh, how did you model, like, I'm looking, your portfolio, you have some mm -hmm. 3D characters that you created for Forbes in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and they're different characters, and you even show uh, the 2D designs, which is kind of cool to see the evolution. Mm -hmm. But how did you make the, uh, how did you make the, the, 3D, the 3D characters? Models. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so basically, uh, this year, I had some downtime uh, between projects, and um, I just started following tutorials uh on youtube for a software called blender which oh, is cool. uh, uh yeah that's yep, something i've been like trying a... to teach myself yeah have you done the donut tutorial yeah that's a <laughs> classic and i actually put it on the it resource is. page on the website because i think it's really it is great really if good you're to, like, yeah it's amazing get familiar with so blender. Helpful. it's free yeah um some guy called blender guru i think or, yeah and yeah. he's like not too annoying so it's uh it's all good no he's great yeah like <laughs> yeah um, so so you're using blender yeah yes yeah and like in a very i guess quite rudimentary way um like it's all spheres and cylinders kind I of mean, it doesn't together. look rudimentary but yeah <laughs> um uh but I, I guess it's it's sort of uh it's permissible because it's kind of a direct analog of my 2D style, which is uh -huh. all circles and rectangles. So it's like, um, there's like a one-to-one -one kind of ratio for, uh, for yeah. how to kind of translate them. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a learning curve and I'm like far and away, like, for, well, very far from being like a kind of production ready 3D guy, but it's fun to kind of dabble in. And um, So you've again, illustrated in 3D, but did you try animating as well? And I haven't yet because yeah. it's that, much trickier basically like there's right, such a yeah. process of like you have to model the character in a particular way uh then you have to kind of rig it with this you know kind of uh armature i guess or skeleton yeah it looks crazy uh, I don't know. yeah and those are all like very deep specialisms if you work in a studio there are people who you know that will be their entire role would be just rigging so like on yeah. yeah on rain or shine there was someone whose sole job was to take the models and prepare them to be animated um because you have to you have to kind of anticipate everything it needs to do like if it's limbs need to stretch to a particular yeah. length or bend at a particular point in a particular way 
Um, yeah. Well, I so, think be- uh, because you have such a firm grasp of a traditional animation, there is less of a gap, though, to to learn that. I, I think it would still yeah, be very useful so. for you. <laughs> yeah, that might be next year's project. I think. Uh huh. I'll uh, I'll dip a toe in those waters. But yeah, but like um, as far as I've got so far is like a turntable, like modeling something and then spinning it on the spot, and that's uh huh. <laughs> that's as far as I've gone so far. Yeah. But um, I do really enjoy projects where, like, if I get to work with a 3D artist or a team of people to, like, translate, um, like, 2D stuff into 3D. I think anything that kind of can sort of surprise me about my own work is really nice. Like, it sort of gives you uh, a bit of a boost and sort of, like, yeah. you can see things with a fresh eye. Yeah, you, it gets exciting again, I guess, because you've been doing yeah. it for a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've used, yeah, I've used pretty much the same tool set for like my entire career at this point. So it is nice to kind of try and force my aged brain to learn something again. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, we don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to kind oh. of touch on your, your routine and how, mm-hmm. how you usually work, like where do you work and do you have cool. a set time that you start and stop or not really? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it's, I've done different things down the years. Like I've, I've had studio jobs where I kept regular office hours. I've done uh, freelancing from home. I've pulled all-nighters. Um, but n- I'm pretty disciplined now to the point where I have a, uh, a shared studio not far from where I live in Berlin. And uh, I'm in there with uh, like four other illustrators and a graphic designer and a photographer. And um, so I I go pretty much every day and I work, uh, well, because my wife runs a, an illustration gallery uh, called Kuratiert, also in Berlin. And she what is, called, is a, sorry? Kuratiert, which means mm. curated in German. Okay, okay. And uh, yes, and she opens like 12 till 7. So I've sort of adopted those as my studio hours as well. So I, I'll, I'll go in, yeah, sort of like late morning and finish about, yeah, like between six and seven. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's kind of average day. And I, like I'll put in like, like late nights if I need to, but I, t- I tend to try and avoid those now because I just don't have the stamina. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never have that. I I've no. never had it. So oh. <laughs> yeah, it didn't used to bother me. Like I could, uh, I could just work through a weekend and, and uh, not really feel it. But at a certain point, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Yeah. See, do you, do you, you never work from home or do you like to keep that separation pretty? Yeah. Firm? I think it's, it's, um, it's much healthier if you can kind of leave it mm. in a in a different place and and kind of come home and yeah like have a have a home life that doesn't uh, revolve around i mean i'm still forever checking twitter and instagram and stuff like it's really hard to cut the cord entirely and yeah um but as far as like actually making stuff yeah i tend to not work at home unless i'm like you know have a lot on and i need to finish something late at night or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah like so i uh like i i leave my desktop computer and my tablet and stuff all at the studio and um yeah i think uh yeah that's the way to do it (laughs) yeah 
what what sort of tools do you use usually or i mean now um you mentioned you have a desktop yeah and I guess so I, you work in flash i do yeah so i work in like a combination of flash and either after effects or photoshop depending on whether i'm doing like a print project or a animation so like I'll, uh -huh. I'll do a lot some some rudimentary compositing in after effects even if mm -hmm. i'm animating in flash so like you know just to kind of connect scenes together and make you know a, like a, a whole uh kind of film's worth of stuff um, that's interesting yeah um yeah so yeah it's it's all kind of adobe and uh, until recently when i'm kind of dabbling in blender um but um yeah like i and i use just like a like a normal wacom tablet i don't have um the cintiq or anything i uh because oh, um, do you use one of those uh intuos kind of like no screen yeah it's just yeah it's just the tablet and uh um uh -huh. yeah uh because i think my style basically contains very little like freehand drawing it's it's uh -huh. all kind of it's more kind of like assembling geometric shapes and i use a grid and stuff so and like, touching kind of like anchor points and just yeah things like that yeah. yeah so i don't need i don't need to like be looking at what i'm drawing in in the same way that someone who you know if someone style is very much based in kind of like you know traditional drawing skills yeah yeah um yeah uh but uh yeah not not, not a hugely flashy setup just the one no, screen. but that's what you need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you find yourself ever drawing, like, um, on paper anymore? Or? Yeah, so, yeah, like, I, I kind of keep sketchbooks. So, you, like, if I'm starting a project, be it, you know, even if it's, like, an editorial, I'll start scribbling on paper. Um, but I took quicker and quicker sort of move to working in vector because I'm. it's like a it's like second nature to me now to kind of yeah. start building stuff in that uh kind of visual language yeah um and uh it, uh yeah so and my sketchbooks are like they're not pristine kind of uh objects like some people produce beautiful sketchbooks they do yeah but uh, mine are like indecipherable to anyone but me because i draw <laughs> i like draw over the same thing over and over as i'm like kind of establishing the forms uh -huh. and uh yeah so i end up with like very grotty little pencil drawings that uh i because yeah so now and again someone says oh can we see some of the developmental work for uh, <laughs> for this character and i'm like there really isn't any like i did a scribble and then i went in my computer and i pushed shapes around <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah people are quite keen on seeing that whole the process the idea of a yeah process and of I, I like seeing creative. it too but um yeah it's some of it just is not uh not for public consumption <laughs> I, i'm gonna ask you some some smaller questions but before i do that mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you um if you had any advice for people who are starting out today, whether that's, you know, in illustration or doing also animation, dabbling in an animation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Uh, well, the first thing is probably not to do what I did, which is wait around for people to hire you. <laughs> um, like, uh, I got lucky. I'm very much aware so of that. So what would you but, do um, in, if, if, you, if you were starting out today, for example? I think 
you probably do need to kind of play the Instagram game to an extent, but I would also caution against like getting too invested in that. And I know that's a tricky thing to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, the kind of textbook advice would be target um, brands or publications that you want to work for and find out uh, who's in charge of like art direction and stuff and try and get hold of them. But um, uh, like I say, that's the theory and it's not something I've yeah. ever kind of put into practice. Yeah. So I'm like the worst person to give advice, honestly. <laughs> Have you had periods where you were very much, you know, doubting yourself? I, I imagine in the beginning. Yeah, uh, actually this year, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, it's been a... It's been a it's been a strange one. Like I finished quite a major project that took me like seven or eight months to complete. It was a, a series project for a streaming service called Hopster, and um, right, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, a a small series children's show that I made with a, a dog ears, a production company in Northern Ireland. And I think during that the production of that, I basically kind of disappeared off the internet, mm -hmm. like. I wasn't posting on Instagram because I couldn't share anything. And um, yeah, like I was just very quiet. And I think it might be the case that people sort of forgot about me. To I don't an think that's true. I think that's probably <laughs> your uh, internalizing that kind of disconnect. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah, so following that, like I delivered that in March of this year. And then like the whole kind of summer was super quiet uh -huh. as far as... Um, inquiries and stuff and you do like doubt starts to creep in uh -huh. as to whether maybe that's it for me maybe i'm not cool anymore um yeah but i've i don't know if it's reassuring or not but i've heard similar stories from other people as yes, well yeah it's been it's been slow this year so and it's i think it's picking up again now like um but uh yeah it is a it is a concern for sure how did like, you deal with that with that period i guess of uh well uh i was kind of ill for a, a long period of it as well yeah so the, a lot of it was just spent kind of like playing video games at home uh, -huh. uh but i also started yeah to kind of like teach myself a bit of 3d and i made some like bits of personal work and um yeah just kind of like try to enjoy life as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, easy to forget when you're kind of like in the trenches. Um, so it's kind of good maybe to have a slightly enforced uh, break sometimes and sort of uh, figure out uh, kind of who you are aside from your work. Like I'm someone who probably built a lot of their identity and self-worth around being successful and like respected and sort of like influential and um uh that's probably not yeah <laughs> kind of a healthy way to construct an identity so uh, -huh. uh yeah i guess i'm trying not to um kind of concern myself with that stuff so much yeah yeah uh, um which is probably going to be bad for my career but uh no it's good to we'll be see. i think it's good to be aware <laughs> of that yeah um so yeah so i wanted to get more into some rapid fire questions i guess one question mm -hmm. off of what you just said is i wonder what what keeps you coming back i guess to what you do 
what, is there something that really motivates hmm. you to do or to keep going when you especially yeah. when you're feeling down uh, sure uh i guess i'm i have a slight competitive streak like mm. i see you know inspiring stuff being made and i like i want to be up there like i'm always i always feel like i'm slightly chasing you know people whose work i admire and stuff like um uh without trying to be you know like sort of uh, copying following your, trends yeah. too hard yeah exactly um uh so there's that uh there's the fact that i probably don't have many other marketable skills at this point uh-huh. and um <laughs> I don't know. Is it depressing just to say kind of force of habit like at this point? Like uh No, it's, I still, no, it's like, not. Yeah. <laughs> but you still enjoy it, I think, on some level. Sure. Well, like I get some satisfaction from it. Like the process isn't necessarily like enjoyable. Yeah. But like I like to look at stuff I've made and like think, oh yeah, I made that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's actually not bad. Like um So the just the reward I, I have of having to, made something, yeah. Yeah. I have to kind of look back through my portfolio sometimes to remind myself that like, oh yeah, you actually like, you've made some <laughs> successful work. That's, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe that's, maybe that's all the motivation I need. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, that's, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite animated series or, I don't know if you're an avid consumer of that kind of stuff, but. Like, I don't, yeah, I I feel a bit, I got a touch of imposter syndrome sometimes because I, I'm not a, a, like an avid consumer of animated stuff. Like I watched, I enjoyed Adventure Time when that was on, but I, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't watch a lot of other stuff. I mean, there's like, uh, I think Hey Dougie, the show that I worked on briefly uh, is really good. Like, I think it's like it's raised the bar as far as especially that kind of like preschool yeah uh sort of um area uh um i kind of uh i'm getting in, into anime a little okay. bit like yeah. which was never big for me before but it's um, just a totally different way of animating i think from yeah and i think i find that fascinating mm -hmm. like um the way they'll kind of like drop the frame rate or like do like kind of sometimes like deliberately sort of like uh bad but sort of creatively so um animation you know like and uh yeah i don't know there's like it has a a sort of visual i keep coming back to this visual language kind of thing but like it does like yeah, it has yeah. a it has its own kind of syntax and it's like quite distinct i suppose from western animation and uh yeah i find that quite inspiring uh -huh. um are there sure. are there some movies or series in particular that you find really inspiring? <sighs> I just I kind of just have been going through what's on Netflix and I like I, I find something and I look up, you know, how well received it was. Yeah. Um, but I really liked uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Like uh -huh. I'm a complete noob about this stuff. Like I'm sure there's better stuff out there, but I really I really liked. I mean, it. that's like, quite it was, known it so for being tone really good. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like. I, f I really like the kind of shifts in tone from like quite serious and intense to like wacky and like the way they like they'll draw the characters in a completely different way yeah. for a, like a comic moment as opposed to a dramatic one. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. The facial expressions are very different on characters. Yeah. So exaggerated. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, do you have favorite, I guess, books that 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 inspire you? That kind of uh, hmm. motivate you to make work? Yeah, I think uh, I used to buy a lot of art books. You know, like um, so. Some that I would recommend is the uh, the gigantic uh, Charlie Harper one. Um, if anyone's interested in sort of mid-century stylized illustration, oh then, yeah, uh, yeah, his stuff is like it's it's incredible. It looks, to be honest, it looks like vector artwork, but it's hand painted. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, and he's he's enormously influential. I think you can see his his kind of style being uh, echoed in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, it's a book called uh, on a similar note. Um, as far as like mid-century animation design, there's a good one called Cartoon Modern, uh, which has sort of reproduces uh, background art from that sort of like uh, 40s, 50s, 60s era where cartoons became uh, sort of slightly sort of modernist looking, like kind of stylized, yeah. geometric and flattened. And that was like a huge influence on me, I think. Um, so uh, that's a good one. And, um, yeah, then I don't know what else. There's some, like, uh, I guess, like, graphic novelists that I, whose work I really like. Like, I, I enjoy stuff that's, like, a lot stranger, I suppose, than my, than the sort of work I make. Like, I feel like a bit of a sort of lightweight compared to them. But uh, people like uh, Michael DeForge, I think it's, uh -huh. like, like, pretty singular and amazing cartoonist. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would... I would recommend pretty much anything he's done, I think. Do you have books that you use when you were starting out, I guess, uh, to learn animation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the big one for all animators uh, is uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? Animator's Survival Kit mm, okay. or Animator's Survival Guide. It's the, it's the Richard Williams animation book anyway. And he was the... Um, uh animation director for roger rabbit and uh, yeah he had his own commercial studio in in the 80s and he was like uh he died not long ago but he was like one of the last sort of proper sort of classicists i suppose of of animation and um yeah like it's a it's a, it's a little bit dry in that it does take you through how to construct a walk cycle a run you know all this kind of stuff it, in a in a very sort of um almost sort of scientific way but uh like if you yeah if you're interested in like the theory of animation then that's the uh, that's the bible <laughs> yeah that's cool uh yeah so i think uh we're out of time but i want to thank you so much for coming on and it was oh, really great no worries talking thank with you. you for having me yeah oh I, I enjoyed it too thank you i hope i wasn't too fascinating <laughs> <laughs> and that was my conversation with the very talented robin davy thanks again to robin for letting me pester him with questions if you like the show or you have comments feedback ideas for guests hit me up at illustration hour on instagram at ihpod on twitter or illustration hour podcast at gmail.com on email Remember, you can always find the detailed show notes for each episode on our website, illustrationhour.com, or by clicking on the show note link in the episode description. That's it from me this week. Have a good and creative week.